Before we go any further, mm. why do you look like something out of the film Oliver? Like your face is grubby. I can, I can definitely see black yes. bits on it. And look at my hands. <laughs> this is going to pocket listeners. If you're hearing this, Nick's hands are covered in black, as is his mm. head. What mm. is wrong with you? Well, I've been I've been up a scaffold. Oh, uh, I've been doing my guttering. Oh, uh, roofing. Oh. Yeah, now I've been pa- painting uh, painting black bits on my house, basically. Well, who am I to complain about decorating? That's very well, impressive. exactly. I mean, and actually, the interesting thing is, um, I normally get vertigo up ladders, but scaffolding, fine. Yeah, interesting. Well, less opportunity for death up scaffolding than ladders, I would have thought. That's probably it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're all right. Get on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to episode I have no idea, because I've been up a scaffold. Oh. Uh, 252. You've lost your ability to read numbers, I see. Well, it was off the top of the screen. I couldn't see it. Uh, episode 252. I don't care either. No, you don't. I, I've had a day off. I don't, I don't care. Hey, and the Lionesses have just beaten Australia to go through to the final. So That yeah. is true. Did There's you watch it? to celebrate. I, I couldn't, unfortunately, but oh. I have watched it uh, through, you know, and catch up fast forward. Yeah. I came down off said scaffold because I am a working man. Yes. As, uh, as I've made out. And... Um, yeah, I came down and, and switched it on uh, just to see a bit of it. And that was the bit where Australia scored. And I thought, oh, this is going to go badly. Uh, so mm. I turned it off again, went back up the scaffold. <laughs> and... It had a familiar ring to it when it comes to it Australia yeah. for a while. It, it did. <laughs> well, for any t- any team playing England in the semi-final normally. Anyway, anyway well done to them. Fantastic. Yes, Fantastic indeed. football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really entertaining. Anyway, back to the intro. Which yes. is, this is episode 252 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name, Nick Page. Your name, uh, Joe Davis. Oh, really? Oh, we're still doing that? Because no one knew, did they? It's amazing. Uh, anyway, uh, Church Notice, uh, the Chris Scott event, which we've trailed a lot, haven't we? You know yeah, no, I think we flog flogged that one. To, those that are coming are going to come, and those that aren't interested just don't want to hear about it anymore. It's on the website. It's not until October, for heaven's sake. Anyway, yeah, that, that's on. Um, so Chris got in Worthing, uh, in conversation with uh, Mr. Davis, the Reverend Davis. Mm. Um, Thank you. How are you? How are you, the Reverend <laughs> Davis? Well, I'm OK because I have finished decorating and my skin is clear of paint now. Excellent. <laughs> Which is good. I know a funny story about that, but I don't know if it's for the podcast. Shall I tell you? Go on then, yeah. Well, OK, well, my brother famously makes an incredible mess and the the standing joke with his wife is that you get more more paint on your body than you actually do on the walls so one day he thought right I'm going to show you and uh, he decorated the walls and then he went off for a sneaky shower to rid himself of all paint uh and so uh, she came back in she inspected the decorating she thought yeah this is very good and then she looked at him and she couldn't believe it she says where's the paint he said, I didn't, I didn't get any on me. I was fine. <laughs> okay, so that was it. End of story. They're all very happy. They get... Later that night, as he is undressing and preparing for bedtime, 
he, you know, do what we all do. He removed, you know, underwear, ready to, you know, position his pyjamas, no doubt, because it's, you know, it's, it's very cold in Mexico. And she burst out laughing at a certain part of him that still was covered in paint where Ow. from when he had been to the toilet earlier in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow he had forgotten to shower that part of him. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's, it's a shocking but true story. Uh, you know, if you're going to do the whole I'm clean of paint thing, make sure you haven't got it on your hands and put it in other private places let's just leave it at that shall we yeah indeed yes indeed <laughs> but I'm, so i'm well i'm finished there. oh listen last mm. friday uh through one of the funeral directors i was invited to join their charity bowls team it's very worthy isn't it it's the third time i've been invited to these things and uh anyway this was the first time on grass normally we've done indoor bowling now i was out in the open I don't mind telling you, I played a blinder. I played a blinder. It went very well. We came second out of 12 teams, which is not bad. Yeah, very good. And, uh, and we was robbed by one point of um, coming first. And I won a bottle of gin in the uh, raffle. So all in all, a very successful evening uh, for charity. For charity. Excellent. <laughs> is this something you can see yourself doing? Uh, you know, bowls? Oh, <laughs> Hundred percent. I am embracing my inner seventy-year-old. I tell you, look. I could see you down the bowls club. I love bowls. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, you know, work is all right. So that's me. How are you? Yes. Uh, uh, well, uh, up and down week. Interestingly, literally, well, literally, <laughs> literally now, Dan. So I saw, uh, saw a couple of really good. Um, things on on tv well um one was a film but um there's a, a an art program called forest field and sky which i think you'd really love on bbc4 and it's about artists who use nature to create their artwork Ooh. so people like andy goldsworthy yes and yes. then somebody else i can't remember her name who makes these amazing fire pits in low tide out of rock and then as the sea comes in, it gradually sort of puts them out. Yeah. And you see this at one point, you you get the sea surface glittering with the oh, fire that's flaming within this. It's marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. So wow. I'll, I'll see if I can find a link and put it up. Uh, it was really good. OK, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. And I also watched a film, um, an anime called Your Name, which came out quite a long while ago. Um, but I've only just got around to seeing my daughter um, sh showed it to me. And uh, I loved it. Absolutely great film, really. Yeah. You know, so if you like, if you like sort of Japanese anime, if you like Miyazaki and people like that. Okay. Well, I I liked Red Turtle. Uh, yeah. Do you okay. That one. So I'm, yeah, you know, I do remember that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you like, if you like that kind of stuff, and um, actually, if you if you if any listener knows of the novels of uh, Murakami, it's a bit like that. So mm. you know, it's just great. Love it. Yeah, great. really good. Um. Yeah, as we know, I've been up and down scaffolding and doing a lot of work on the house. And then uh, we have no hot water again. What? Well, I think it might. It's either the same problem or an entirely new affair. Anyway, so more more plumbers. Um, and it, what's interesting about it is that I, I very, very rarely lose my temper, Joe. Mm, I mean, it doesn't no, really happen very no, I've, often. I've never I, known I, you grumpy in the slightest. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. You see, I do get grumpy, but I would say that's not really losing your temper. That's just, yeah, that's true. That's just a realistic response to life. Yeah, no, that's true. Legitimate. 
that's a coping mechanism. I don't really go beyond that. I don't really go into the shouty bit and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I did this time when I discovered there was no hot water. Did you go full bezel faulty? Did you start hitting it with a tree? I did. I I I slapped the tank. I I. I shouted. It became emblematic of my entire life. You know, it was a, <laughs> yeah. it, it was just one of those moments where it just pushed me <laughs> ever so slightly too far. So uh, I need to reflect on that, but also just recognise maybe I'm getting a bit tired again. I need to sort of yeah. calm it slightly. Yeah, anyway. you should always question those extreme reactions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, it is your it is your hot water yet again. Um, so, you know, yes, don't it's, right, it's righteous anger as well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's righteous anger it's if it's righteous. my anger, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> every every time I'm angry, I'm actually angry, it's righteous inherently. Of course it is. Uh, right, well, anyway, let's let's move on, shall we? Uh, and uh, I presume we have feedback. Yes, we do. Well, firstly, let me start with an apology to Josh. Josh is a very gracious man who says, uh, I, uh, I'm writing in again. I didn't get a reply to my previous emails, he says he sent in. And, uh, uh, yeah, so, and, and you know, I did go back and I did have an email from him. So I'm very sorry, Josh, I never replied to you. And I apologise, I don't know what happened there. I do try to reply to all our emails. So, Josh, you're very gracious. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for trying again. And uh, get your questions in and I promise you I will reply. And as if to add insult to injury, Matthew, long-term listener, first-time emailer, like Josh was once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but Matthew, he said this he said dear nick and joe and ethel uh, he says what a fortunate piece of timing i just caught up with real time after starting your back catalog at episode one and getting to episode 250 that's impressive well done he yeah. says <laughs> he says and in episode 250 you asked anyone who has never written in to do so now he said so i'm responding to your altar call the journey has felt like time travel living through the pandemic our quick change of prime ministers and the royal funeral and coronation all over again but here we are in real time at last and i'm going cold turkey from five episodes a week to only one and then there's a bit of blah blah as you can imagine but he does ask two questions uh perhaps not for now to answer but you know we can get around these one days one he says uh what's actually going on on the cross <laughs> there you are nice simple well, question and two at the moment <laughs> and two <laughs> yeah uh, how does one leave church well how do you leave a church well and then he says, mm. when me and my lovely missus were only dating, we went to Spring Harvest around 1990 and bought a teaching tape by a certain Dave Anon and Pete Bollard to encourage our Christian lives together. Now, those are names that people listening to the podcast may not know. No, <laughs> they were characters we played in in sort of stand-up shows that we did. Our very naughty after-hours shows. <laughs> yeah, Christian festivals in, in the, yes, in the 90s, yeah. But just in the, in the spirit of pith, I wonder whether we should give him answers. Question one, what's actually going on in the cross? Uh, it's a mystery. Question two, how do you leave a church well uh, with love? So there we go. Great. I think we dealt with it. 
completely. <laughs> we, we did actually do a two-part or three-part series on the cross, didn't we, way back? Well, exactly. In the days when we used to do proper content. Yes, and, yeah. And no, re- cool. read Remember things that. in preparation. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, you know, um, Matthew will know that because he's listened to all of them. He will, yeah. Well, there we are. Well, <laughs> yeah. I would say I don't have anything to add to that, actually. No. Well, that was it. I, yeah. I peaked at that moment, I think, in that episode. You did, actually. Mm. Mick wrote in, um, who said, and he said, uh, thanks for another fascinating episode, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, Nick's good news. As you know, I liked Nick's good news very much. I've shared it with many people and universally good feedback. People like the content. He said, as I have sat with it, I've tried to consider not only what is there, but what is not there. And the two things that strike me is that there's no mention of conversion and nor is there any mention of transformation. He said, formerly I would have had these as very important points, but now I'm really not sure. I used to think that becoming a Christian made you different from other people. And I used to think that Christians were able to be better than other people because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So I don't really believe that anymore, brackets, I think. He said, I used to live in in an almost exclusively Christian community when it was easy to believe that Christians were different and better than other people. And then he's put in brackets community bias. Is that while I still have many Christian friends, I now live in a much more of an agnostic community. And it's been a very pleasant surprise to discover how compassionate and caring these people are. Indeed, I'd say that I encounter the fruits of the Spirit just as much here. He says, I think my conclusion is that the Holy Spirit operates everywhere. Sorry for the lack of pith. I feel that it's difficult to be pithy when you're unsure and wandering or exploring uncharted waters. Keep up the good work, both of you. Mm. So that's from Mick. Thank you very much. Well, uh, interesting. Yes, I, I mean, I'm sure there's there's lots missing from mm. from that sort of expression of the gospel. Yeah. My reaction would be, I don't know what I think these days about conversion, but I'm a big fan of transformation. So it. If it's missing from there, I think that's perceptive and, and perhaps I want to think about that. But because I think actually the whole point of the Christian life is transformation into Christ-likeness. Yeah. That is what it's about. But I suppose I would say if you're just introducing the good news to people, you wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, perhaps uh, not. Put, put that in. But, but, but I, 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 mm. I sort of broadly agree. I, I don't I don't. Um, I don't talk much about conversion these days, but but transformation for me anyway remains absolutely yeah. crucial. I think. Yeah. Okay, well look, we'll do uh, one more. This is from someone called Joe. Great name, Joe. Uh, and uh, he said this. He says, "I was listening to Nick talking about his gospel. Without wanting to bore myself and everyone else by being dreary, my take on this has long been that there are two gospels." There's a gospel for the poor, the sick, the weak, the dispossessed, the forgotten. That gospel is that there is a God of love who expects nothing but only wants to embrace you, that this mess is not all you get and there's a promise of better things. And I think there's a gospel of the rich, the healthy, the privileged, the happy, the comfortable. And that gospel sounds fairly harsh. You can't just sit there and smile whilst other people die. Uh, Of course, almost all of us move between these positions at different times, for example, when we experience bereavement. He says, however, many of us are actually repeatedly telling ourselves that God loves us within our lives of extreme excess and comfort to avoid listening to the reality that we can't just sit there and smile. Uh, Well, thank you, Joe. I, I think that's very perceptive myself. What do you think? Yeah, I do. I, I think mm. uh, it's like there's the, the sort of gospel of Luke 
Mm. And then there's the Gospel of James, the Book of James. Yeah. Which is, you know, woe to all you rich people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. And, and obviously it's always a challenge because rich is, you know, we're, we're all, sort of, well, well, many of us are relatively rich compared to so much other the world, really. It's really hard to prescribe love, isn't it? Because I sort of assume if you are becoming a, a loving person, aren't you inevitably becoming more involved in sort of social justice because that is the societal form of love? Mm. I, I, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because once you start sort of dictating what love should be, it's... It's, it's you can't really do that with love. You can't say to people this is what love looks like, necessarily. But I suppose you can say what social justice looks like. Maybe that's the point he's trying to to raise. Well, uh, if love is wanting the very best for for someone, which I think mm. is always a very good definition because it takes it away from that sort of romantic yeah. kind of thing. Um, then naturally you want the very best for all sectors exactly. of society, for all people around you. And uh, the, the difficulty, I think, is how do you, as an individual, affect that? Yeah. There are only so many areas that you can affect, I think. Um, and it is about, the wisdom is about, well, choosing which areas touch your touch your heart. Because where your heart is, there your treasure is, and therefore you'll put your money there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But... But Joe touches on a continual nerve of mine, to be fair, because like I live one mile from the English Channel, and mm. and that has you know been a place of death. It you know this week for you know refugees trying to escape their terrible lives and come somewhere, maybe start a new life for their families, and you know I can get I can get easily caught up in all my own just Joe's world and Joe's spirituality and Joe's love of God and 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 Joe's private life mm. and i think you're right i mean it does seem to me that the people of god you know however you read the bible old and new testament it's always outlook outward looking mm. it's always caring for the lost and the dispossessed so it's a helpful reminder all i don't want to do is go back to that very evangelical guilt thing again because guilt doesn't change things either um so, you know, I think we constantly need reminding uh, that, you know, love for God, as well as, you know, transforming us, looks like social justice in the world around us. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. And you have to find your own way. You know, mm. I think that's the thing. You cannot, as you say, prescribe what other people should be doing, mm. really. I think you start with yourself. You take the beam out of your own eye, basically, mm. and um, and work with that and and... Uh, yeah, and 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 yeah. what can you do? What moves your heart? Yeah. What what causes you to get properly angry as opposed to to rather <laughs> yeah. stupidly hitting the hot water cylinder? You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what yeah. you should start with. Listen to your own heart about what concerns you, and and take action there. That's why I think actually a Christian community, which is I'm going to talk to you about this in a minute, a Christian community around you is very important because that gives you a very good starting place. To actually serve others. Yeah, and no, to, I agree. I agree. You know, to see what you can do. Anyway, yeah. I also think you're really right just to mention that what what is it that you are passionate about? Because mm. we are mm. overwhelmed by by bad news and everything. Like, we've got to care about everything. And you can't possibly do that. You can't, you can't affect every bad situation in the world. And, you know, there's this danger of sort of, they call it compassion fatigue. But I think you've got to know 
but what are the things that are given to you and what other things that matter to you and involve mm. yourself there? I think I just didn't want to let that go because I think that's really important. Yeah. And I, I take uh, uh, Joe's point, I think, you know, what we can't do is just sit there and smile. Yeah. And pretend the world is a, a lovely place because it's it's pretty tough. Yeah. Well, look, talking of, of, of uh, you know, our, our Christian community, talking about our Christian beliefs, talking to trying to... We're, we're, we're revisiting our, our good news. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we're revisiting our Gospels. And it's Joe's turn. Last week it was my turn mm. to be grilled by him. This week it's it's your turn. And so um, I'm going to ask you a similar set of questions, really, that you asked me largely to save me inventing any new ones, which is good. <laughs> um, so let's start with that one that you kicked off with me. about What do you call yourself? Uh, these days, as opposed to what do other people call you? Because yeah. that could be quite. <laughs> we that's have a long list. That's a long list, and a lot of bongos. <laughs> a lot of bongos, yeah. So, what do you what do you call yourself these days? Christian follower of Jesus? Yeah. Uh, you know, Whiffly Seagull worshipper. Well, my answer is not as straightforward as yours. You'll be surprised to hear. It, <laughs> to a large extent, it depends on who I'm with. Context defines that. Um, I think when I'm with um, atheists, I am very reluctant to call myself a Christian because actually the very reason they are atheists, some of them, is because they have so much baggage attached to the church, Christians or something like that. So, you know, what I don't want to do is identify with what they're meaning by Christian. Now, what they mean by Christian might be totally wrong. Um, they, they might not be meaning compassionate Christ-like people. Mm. They might be meaning angry, judgmental people who were cruel to me and I left the church because of them. Mm. So it's, it's difficult, but it, it does depend. Sometimes I'm very happy. You know, with you, I'm very happy to call myself a Christian. But, you know, others may think I'm not a Christian. Uh, generally in public, I say I'm trying to I'm trying to follow the way of Jesus. It may sound more religious. I don't know. But to me, I feel I feel even if it does, it doesn't have the baggage of the word Christian. So that's I tend to avoid it in certain company. And yeah, I think that's interesting. What what then would you say to if they, in that company, if they yeah. turned around and go, OK, Joe, well, what are you? I'm a, I, they'd say I'm I'm X, I'm Y. What, what are you what would you reply with that for i'm i try and follow jesus thing or would you yeah yeah i think I would. Or, you know you yeah okay yeah yeah uh, yeah i say i you know i started my my path in the in the christian church and you know right now i'm not in a an institutional church anymore but that has not in any way dimmed my desire to follow the teaching of jesus it is a shame, isn't it, that we have to sort of hedge it about with these things? Because I often yeah. find myself saying, "Yeah, I'm a Christian, but not, you know, but not, not quite saying it like this." But, yeah. but I say, "I'm I'm a Christian, but but not like those ones," yeah. you know. Or, yeah, sure. Because you're just a t-shirt with "I'm not like the other ones." Anyway, <laughs> uh, so look, let's come back to your story then. Yeah. Uh, as you asked me my story, with with Pith. Yes. What's your story? How did you become? A follower of Jesus? Uh, well, it was through the United Beach Missions, or the UBM, as they were called, which we very amusingly called as a child the BUM, of course. and Because <laughs> um, <laughs> we were witty 
as teenagers. Yeah, it's changed so much, hasn't it? No, they were great. They were just, they put on entertainment for kids mm. in the school holidays. And I spent six weeks, you know, sort of wandering around the Isle of Sheppey and, you know, kind of at a loose end. And they would put on great activities and games. And then they'd take you over evenings and they'd cook you barbecues. And then someone would explain the gospel. And I think, you know, someone did explain the gospel to me. And uh, what they seem to be saying is God loves you and it's great and you can belong to a community of people who are, are very groovy. And I had always been searching for a place to belong. So it, it, it plugged all my buttons, it pushed all my buttons. And I thought, this sounds great. Mm. Did a little correspondence course in Mark's gospel. That's what you did. And then the very last thing they said, oh, and by the way, you should go to a church. And I thought, OK. Fair enough. That's what they say. They must know what they're talking about. So I went to a church and I couldn't believe it because up until then, being a Christian was wonderful and brilliant and happy and great. And I turned up to the church and there were all these men in suits. and They were all very solemn and they sat on the stage when they served communion. And I thought, oh, this must be what church is all about. And almost from that exact day, I thought, one day I'm going to be a minister and it won't be like this because this is ridiculous. <laughs> Everything I've heard about Jesus is amazing until this point. <laughs> and now it's got weird. <laughs> it was all good until I went into church. Anyway, I have to say, so I grew up in a Baptist church and the Baptists were brilliant. They were very supportive of me and very encouraging. And I went to see my minister. I was 14 when I started going to the church. At 16, I went to the minister and said, I want to become a minister. And he said, uh, yeah, it's a good idea. Just go away and get about 10 years of experience in life and then come back. So I joined Marks and Spencer. And then uh, through the youth work and stuff I was doing, I got involved with Steve Short and Steve Short said, come and work with me. And that was the end of my happy life as I knew it. <laughs> Your innocence was destroyed. <laughs> yes, it was. But, you know, then you think, gosh, his gospel was so different to the way I mean, it was such a gospel of transformation of society i mean he, he's a very inspiring man i know he has his critics and you know maybe rightly so at time but it is it, he is a thoroughly inspiring chap to be around and to watch an operation and just to what he believes is possible so you know yeah. in view of joe's email i think the whole oasis project was very inspiring i was thrilled to be a part of it and i met you there mm. and that changed my spiritual health almost overnight <laughs> that really was the end of innocence <laughs> no so it's it's great and then you know sure enough uh i did train uh on the church planting and evangelism course at spurgeons and you know i always wanted to be a bit not a traditional minister so that's why I did the church planting and evangelism course, which is a joint course with Oasis. And then I came out as part-time, but part-time in a design agency, part-time uh, for a church and then back with uh, Oasis again on, on a project called church.co.uk, uh, as it was known then. And then, um, and then I sold out all my principles because I said I'd never go full-time in the church because I just didn't think that was a good idea. But a friend persuaded me to come down to Worth and go full-time. And that went very well until it didn't. Yeah, well, let's not, <laughs> let's not we dwell on that. Go into the sort of no, exactly the, the uh, details of that necessarily. Well, we could do one day, but uh, yeah, okay. So 
So you were minister and then you're not a minister. That's, that's... Well, technically, I still am. Does he work that way in the Baptist? Because I know that in, you know, other denominations, if you're a priest, you're always a priest. No, I mean, only if you're struck off. I mean, if you're struck off for gross misconduct or something, which incredibly I wasn't. Uh, so <laughs> surprisingly, you may say. Yeah. <laughs> my, my only sin there was for... Um, you know, in the church I was in, as we know, we're not going to rehearse it yes. all again, was the whole gay issue. So that, that was it. We just didn't see eye to eye. I had to leave the church and that was that. And I had an option to then go on and be a minister of other Baptist churches. Um, but I uh, I didn't want to because I thought well, it's just going to happen again. So let's not be foolish. Do you still feel like that? Do you still think I am still a Baptist minister? I mean, I don't mean... I'm trying to say, so rather than just the sort of title or the officialese. Yeah. Do you feel still a priest, as it were? Uh, the answer to that is yes and no. I mean, in in, okay. in some ways, I think I do, particularly when I'm leading funeral services. Yes. And, you know, they they have a bit more religious content. I feel very much like, a, like the minister in charge sort of thing. Um. But also no, because I, you know, I don't. I think I look back on the whole ordination process, and it, it just makes me laugh. You know, one of the foundational uh, concepts of being a Baptist minister is the priesthood of all believers. You know, the priesthood has been abolished. Yes. Uh, so I really don't like the idea that there are those. You know, back in the old days, full-time Christian workers are a little bit more special than. You know, the people in the pews, you know, bless them. They're, you know, maybe if they were good enough, they could be a full-time Christian worker, minister, or better still, a missionary. I mean, they're A-class, you know. Uh, but that whole hierarchy thing has disappeared for me. So, you know, I'm a minister in the sense that you're a minister and all our listeners are ministers and, you know, we have a priest priestly function. And, and minister comes from, I think, I think the word for servant, I think, actually. Well, there you are. I think so. Anyway, did you ever think about giving up entirely? Do you ever think about stopping being being a follower of Jesus, or do you ever? No, I no, I don't ever think about um, stopping being a follower. Of Jesus. I mean, I am utterly convinced that there's there's a good way to live our lives, and you know, we give we have rightly given the whole uh, doctrine of original sin a kind of you know uh, a firm condemnation on this podcast before, and rightly so because it's awful the way. It's, you know, to think that a child is born full of sin and everything is just a terrible, terrible way of looking at life. I think perhaps I would temper my anger with that doctrine by saying what's good about it is that it says things are really messed up and people are really broken mm. and they really hurt and they hurt each other. And, you know, and I still do that because there's something of that within me. So, uh, you know, I think that there's, the, you know, I want to follow Jesus because I want to be the best version of myself I can be, basically. That's that's it. And if following Buddha was a better way of do it, doing it, then I'd probably do that. I just don't... I'm not as familiar with the teachings of Buddha, though there's a lot of wisdom there, I gather. So, yeah. Okay. You gave me this question last week and I found it very difficult, so I'm going to fling it back to you. Okay. Which is, what? how do you define God? What's the word God yeah, that's mean to good. you now? That's good. Well, it, well, it is good because you thought of it. It was your question. Can you can you just remind me what you said? <laughs> uh, I think I waffled. <laughs> well, I, I I do think of God more in terms of being than a being, 
being itself. So as we often said before, you know, the, the question is not, does God exist? The question for me is, does anything else exist? Isn't every atom in the entire universe full of God? So, so I just think different expressions, you, you know, different parts of God. You know, I don't have the words to describe it even, you know, because God is mystery. But, you know, if, you, if you're forcing me to, to it, then, you know, God means, God means being and God means love. That's it. That's all I got. All right. I know. It's not very satisfactory, but it's just how I see stuff. And I, what I loved about recent episodes, <laughs> I'll just say that I know I thought Sorry, so that's just such a description of the podcast. It's not very satisfactory, but it's just how we see stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but what I loved is I, you know, I sort of went through that whole period when you deconstruct the thing. Oh, it's ridiculous to call God Father or, or, or you know, it's ridiculous to, to talk to God as a being out there somewhere and everything. I still do it. So... I liked it when we said in a recent episode, actually, there's just these different modes of being. And actually, sometimes you just do need to refer to God as a being. You just need that. Mm. As you know, as humans, we need to refer to God as a being. And I do that. And sometimes it's father and sometimes it's mother. Most of the time, I actually use spirit mm. to, to, to call God. You, you know, when I'm talking about God, I say spirit or, di- or the divine, as you know. Okay, well, look. Let's hear your gospel, oh. as it was your good news. Okay, uh, you're gonna you read it, and then and then we'll we'll look back on that and reflect. It's not quite as pithy as yours, and you know I'm all insecure about this, but let's do it anyway. Good news, you belong. Your life matters. Good news, there is a way of kindness and love, where you can live in harmony with yourself, with other people, and with the earth. There is a love that is free, open, inclusive of all people and available to you right now. Good news. There is an inexhaustible amount of divine resources available to you. All you have to do is take the brave step to accept them. You are loved. You are not here by accident. You are more than simply atoms, molecules and synapses. You are also spirit and your life matters. There is a divine presence and power that is the creative source of the universe. This source is all around in all things, every single particle and space, and is conscious of and aware of you. This source is benevolent and kind. This spirit loves all things, all people, including you. Good news, your life never ends. Death and rebirth is the pattern of the universe. It's the pattern of our bodies. This moment is eternal. To learn to live a life of love, joy and peace requires well-informed effort. It does require unlearning some things and learning a whole new way of living and being on the planet. Our guide for the journey is Jesus the Christ, who sets before us a pattern and framework by which we can embrace this full kind of living. We are fragile and we fail and stumble, but the divine grace is inexhaustible. So join a community of encouragement where you can train to put on this whole new life, Join a community where you can belong and be free to become the best version of you, the you you were always created to be, set free from the fears, addictions, insecurities and all else that prevents you from living life to the full. What stops you? Open yourself up to the divine love. Good news, it's here now. And then I put a warning at the end. 
Your investment in the kingdom of God may go up as well as down. Christians can be mean as well as kind. Communities are full of works in progress. Learning to say sorry and genuinely forgive people is a requirement. Such an inclusive love of people and the environment will give you a passion for justice and can bring you into direct opposition with dominating, controlling and evil power structures. And so following the way of Jesus may involve persecution, suffering and premature death. But it's worth it. <laughs> I feel like your warning. Um, it's very Jesus-like, actually, because I always think when that moment when Peter says, you are the Christ, and he identifies who Jesus is. Yeah. And Jesus says, oh, yeah. And then he goes on to tell them he must suffer and die, and there's all kinds of bad things happening. <laughs> well, that, that took a, that turned dark very quickly, didn't it? But it's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you what two things sp- spring out to me okay. about that. Two, two phrases which I might pick up on is, one is you are not here by accident. Mm-hmm which I think is interesting because sometimes I think when I talk to you about God, God seems a very almost uh, sort of nature force. It's almost as if things are happening in and of themselves. But that would imply that God creates individuals, you know, that you knit me together in my inmost being and all that kind of stuff. So I'd be interested in what you think about that. And the other is the community of encouragement because I I like that. I like that phrase. Yeah. so so tell me, how do you reflect on it, on this thing, looking back at it now? What would you change? Is there anything missing? I'm sure there is lots, uh, lots missing. But, I, you know, I read it through and it wasn't as bad as I thought <laughs> it was going to be. I, I still think, you know, fundamentally, I am a theist. You know, God is. That's probably the creed. <laughs> right. God is, God is love, as we've said time and time again. I still, I don't think it's irrational to have that belief. I don't, I, you know, atheists could argue with me logically, but I, I just do not think it is irrational to have that belief mm. in God. I think some of the things that, when you press down on the detail of it, uh, might seem a bit irrational. Mm. Uh, but to say, you know, I just watched that Earth programme hosted by Chris Packham. I, absolutely brilliant. I mean, they do understand more of the how the world came about and it was formed and how we ended up, you know, Homo sapiens. It's it's amazing. It's fun. But it can't explain the why. You know, why would why would amoeba divide and form more complex mechanisms? You know, why why would they do, why why why? There's mm. it's not irrational to say there's a divine cosmic consciousness behind this whole project i don't think that's illogical first no there you go um but everything else is up for grabs <laughs> yeah it's interesting so it would would you add anything do you think well i was trying to think about that would i add anything i mean i think you're going to press me on those questions and i think i'm going to go uh what mm, i'm not sure i don't know what i mean do i believe god preordained everything am i preordained i'm not sure you know so i think I think if you start to drill down in, into every phrase, I'm going to say rather than contradiction, there's mystery. And I am I am now, as a Christian or follower of Jesus, happy to hold the tension that mystery brings. Yeah. yeah I, I don't want to interrogate you on them. I just think it's... I, I think that what you wrote is obviously an expression of what you strongly feel. And... and I think for a lot of us, we still inherently feel things yeah. to be true, even though our, our rationale behind them might have changed. I believe nobody's here by accident, but I don't believe it's sort of predestination. 
as such. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, exactly. I believe, and we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, I believe God is in control, but I don't think he's in control in the way that I once thought. So so this, the, yeah. the, your gospel has these very strong feelings in. Yes. So let's just talk about community of encouragement because that's yeah. presumably church for you. That's what you mean by by a church it's what some people mean by church i uh, yeah i i that's how i would translate what church means community of encouragement mm. so whether that looks like going to a building every sunday or whether that means meeting with a group of friends to encourage each other in your following of jesus i don't i don't think matters you know i, I just think you you can't do this thing on your own you need people to help you encourage you people who will mirror you i mean obviously for me rachel is my mirror she she shows me what i'm really like <laughs> so you know rough edges and all and so you know do i say oh that's just how i am like it or leave it or do i say mm, yeah that, that's that's fair i I need, mm. to, I need to work on these things and i need help and i need training yeah. that's what i think the jesus project is it's going into training with jesus the way you would train for anything else in life, I guess. And how have you changed? I mean, what interests me when I didn't when we did this last week, I didn't know how long ago it was we'd done these, but I think it's about pretty much half the podcast's lifetime ago. Wow. Uh, I think it was about 125. I think uh, so. So it so that was sort of mid mid life of the <laughs> mid faith God podcast. Yeah. Um. So how how have you have you changed? Do you think? Yeah, I have. I have changed, definitely, and I will keep changing. And I, what's different is I'm not afraid to change. Right. And you know, if if we revisit this episode, if we're still going, we surely won't be still going in a few years. But if we are, and I'll go, do you know that was a load of rubbish I was talking of then? Yeah, of course, God's a being. <laughs> of course, God's a woman. <laughs> of course, God's you know whatever. <laughs> you know, it's just I, yeah. I I'm not afraid to change, and you know, like. If people say you're not the man you used to be, you know, or whatever, of course I'm not the man. I was never meant to be frozen in a moment in time with all those beliefs that I had then. It's meant to evolve. It's meant to change. All I can hope is that for all the way my beliefs change is my behaviour is changing. Because I think that is fundamentally all that really matters you know you believe in god you don't believe in god whoopee do what difference you know what what difference is is your atheism making to you or what difference is your christianity making to you are you becoming a more you know better human being in which case i want to encourage you whichever those roads you've gone down really hmm. so one final question then hmm. and i think it does come out of of, of of your faith and your writing and all this kind hmm. of stuff um What's the best thing about working with me? Oh, gosh, where do I start, Nick? I mean, you're humble, yeah. you're honest, mm. you're so gentle and loving. I've never known you to raise your voice <laughs> at me in anchor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, because you're not, you're not inherently a piece of plumbing. Well, actually, you are, really, but anyway. <laughs> That's all I am. <laughs> It's just a plumbing. Huge, that's all we all are. We're all just we're all just bits of plumbing walking about. But this is it's it's a fascinating thing. Thank you for asking those questions because you know very oftentimes I don't think. But you know what I did want to say. When we started the Mid Faith Crisis podcast, we talked about stages of faith and we talked about you know the journey 
from becoming a caterpillar of faith to becoming a butterfly mm. of faith. And, you know, the analogy is of a butterfly being free to move off its home environment where it was born and basically ate all the time to then be free to travel and 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 to find new plants and nectar elsewhere. And I think what I honestly feel is I'm genuinely grateful to my evangelical Christian roots for starting me on, on this really important journey. I consider it really important. But now I feel like a butterfly that can seek nectar the wisdom from other traditions and and you know the perennial tradition as some would call it in other faiths and everything but i will always return to the home i think that that i have known and plummet for its riches and its depths but i do feel free now particularly not being a traditional minister of a church where i am basically if i don't say what everyone else believes then, you know, my salary's cut and you're out on your ear. You know, I, I do experience a certain freedom now to say, well, I don't agree with that or I do think this or I, yeah. I think this is the most loving path through here. And even if Jesus doesn't directly address an issue, it's pretty obvious what the most loving thing to do is here. And, you know, sometimes it makes you unpopular. Um, you know, all of you who are ministers out there, God bless you. I think you do a really great and a very, very difficult job. But for me personally... I am quite grateful to be free of those kind of pressures now. Well, there you are. Uh, that is, that's, that's Joe, the enormous cabbage white butterfly. Um, and we flitted around this podcast. Uh, it's, it's definitely time to wrap up. Yes. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. If you wish to support the podcast, you can do so by going to our website, uh, which is midfaithcrisis.org. Uh, if you wish to write into the podcast, you point your email machine at joe at midfaithcrisis.org. And that would be great. And uh, yeah, and if you would like to encourage us, um, you could recommend this podcast to other people oh. and um, just see how annoyed they get. So that'd be great. <laughs> uh, anyway, we will be back with you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>